This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Minutia Man is up next, but first, listen to this other great OPI show. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. On the next Back to You, Steve and I ask each other some unusual questions. Like, do you like buffets? <laughs> and what would Howard rather be, rich or famous? It'll lead to some unusual answers. Things that make you go, hmm. On Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. If that doesn't make you want to hear this, nothing will. (laughs) The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Hey, hey. Uh, ho, ho, ho. Oh, right. It's, it's ho, ho, not hey, hey. Uh, I get my hoes and my hays mixed up. So uh, what we're, 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 we're doing the show Christmas Eve to give you everybody an indication of how, how important this is to us. We're like uh, um, Tiny Tim's dad. What is it, Cratchit? Who had to work on Christmas yeah, Eve? Yeah, Bob Was Cratchit. Cr- we're Bob Cratchit. Yeah, Bob, we're Bob Cratchit right now. Yeah. And we are working um, just to... Fill you guys with our listeners with holiday cheer. Isn't that what we do? We it, we, it, we it fill everybody we with cheer, and and it's hard for us because uh, we're the last two people in America that are not getting a pardon <laughs> from the president, and so we're feeling right. a little left out. <laughs> um, I can't. Yeah, I really hope he's going to do the uh, and Dave Stern for having his dad's employer or employee. Do his Pinewood Derby car back in 1977, right? And there's I still a, uh, there's I, a psych quiz in 1983, <laughs> that, right? Uh, that I took for you, yep, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, there's a, he's he's definitely making the most of his last days in office, don't you think? I actually have a list here of some of the people that are going to still be pardoned before uh, the end of the year. Uh, would you like to hear it? Yeah, please. Yeah, uh, is Czar Nicholas. Uh, Vladimir Lenin, Trotsky, <laughs> Stalin, Khrushchev, Brezhnev, Andropov, Gorbachev, Yeltsin, Vladimir Putin, OJ, and Steve Bartman. <laughs> and Yakov Shmirnov, just for the hell of it. <laughs> and Yoko for breaking up the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, people, are, you, you know, he doesn't know half the people that he's pardoning right now, I would imagine, right? <laughs> it's just, how, how a, much is, it's how much did they give me? Yeah, but you know what? God love them. Yeah, you know, I think exactly. I would. You know, if I was in that position, I think I would probably. Yeah, here's the thing: I, you never say to anybody, "Hey, by the way, your powers in this area are absolute." <laughs> no kidding. What I do you mean, mean absolute? You, I, you mean I can do whatever, whatever you want? There are no rules. Just go. Damn. You know, I did not. <laughs> I did not know this, but. When Ford pardoned Nixon, it was before Nixon was charged with anything, which I guess I should have known that because it was just. Yeah, it was uh, like a blanket pardon for anything he did while he was president. Which, of of course, (laughs) there's going to be a few that he's going to do for people named Trump. I mean, he he just did his. But the thing is, if you accept a pardon, you're essentially saying you're guilty. Yeah, I guess. uh, But nobody looks at it that way, right? (laughs) So what's the difference? can't you just write one, laminate it, put it, you know, somewhere and then just flop it out when just does say, anybody well, have to know about 
When I accepted it, my fingers are crossed. I didn't say that I was guilty. (laughs) Prove it. Oh, you can't because I've been pardoned. (laughs) Well, you know, God love him. If he wants to spend these last days doing this, I don't care. Yeah, there are worse Uh, things he could be doing. (laughs) So let's have him do this. And he will be. (laughs) That's true. All right. We should talk about minutia because we don't like to talk about politics. We've got a a big show. And this is going to be the last show of the year, Rick. I'm taking next week off. Well, you just made um, a big deal about being Bob Cratchit, and now you're, and now you're, I don't know what. Yeah, you know what? I think we deserve a week off, don't you think? Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, but I do have, I, I do have some minutia. Um, I want to start it off with a uh, kind of an acknowledgement about us, right? Um, <laughs> okay. What would, what do you, what do you say about a country where you and I are part of the intelligentsia? <laughs> You say USA. (laughs) Uh, You know, interestingly, as I look at my Word doc that I wrote the show on, you know, I I must have spelled intelligentsia wrong because there's a big red line under intelligentsia. Right. (laughs) I don't don't even know how to spell intelligentsia. We're not really that smart. (laughs) But but here, I want to give you some proof about where America is. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, I stumbled upon this article. Uh, and here's the headline. Millions of Americans think chocolate milk comes for, from brown cows. Okay. In a recent study conducted by the Innovation Center for the U.S. Dairy. <laughs> that's, a high, that's a stressful job, don't yeah. you think? Uh, 16.4 million Americans believe that, col- or that chocolate milk comes out of brown cows. Oh, my uh, God. Each of- I used to, as a joke, tell my kids that. Right. As a joke. Uh, and keep in mind, all those 16.4 million Americans, they all have as many votes as you do. Right? <laughs> I know, that's true, yeah. Uh, even more distressing is that 48% of those surveyed were not sure that chocolate milk came out of just regular old cow- cows, regardless of the color of that said cow. So whereas 16.0 million people think they're brown cows, half aren't exactly sure. Okay. I mean, they're like, yeah, I don't think so. You know, Um, now that you mentioned it, I've never seen a pink cow. So where does strawberry milk come from? Where does strawberry milk come from? Right. Um, Do you have the Minutia Men quiz jingle handy by any chance? We have not done a quiz lately. I I do. Here we go. Time now for a Minutia Men. Minutia Men. Minutia quiz. What do you got? All right. So this is, I call this the American dumbass food quiz. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, um, I've got three questions here. I'm going to read you the question, and it'll be self-explanatory, about, and I'll give you multiple choice, and you just tell me the right answer. Um, according to a 2019 survey conducted by the American Meat Processors, Processors Union, what percentage of Americans think hamburgers are made out of ham? Oh, no. 13%, 24%, 36%, or 46%? Uh, I'm going to go, I think I think people are smart enough to know. I'm going to say only 13% on that one. 24%. That's not good. 24% people think that hamburgers are made out of ham. Yeah. So when All you're right. walking down the street, one out of every four people you see <laughs> yep. thinks yep. that. Okay. The, the, uh, okay, two. According to a 2020 survey of American grocery shoppers residing in the southeast, they don't say what states they're referring to in the southeast. But what percentage thought that cans of chicken of the sea tuna actually was chicken and not tuna? 11 percent, 23 percent, 35 percent 
51%. Chicken of the sea tuna. How many people thought that was chicken? We've seen the ads with Charlie. He's clearly a tuna. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say the lowest one again. Uh, No, it's 23%. 23% of people in the southeast now. Again, when you're walking around the southeast, essentially (laughs) one out of every four people you see thinks that chicken of the sea is chicken. Okay. Um, now, this is my favorite question here. This is the last one. Uh, you're not doing very good right now. No. <laughs> uh, a 2017 study conducted by the Plurality of Diversity Studies Group. You know, those guys are fun oh, parties. They're the best. Uh, showed um, showed that what what percentage of respondents thought that jujubes were manufactured <laughs> in Israel? 23%? <laughs> 34%, 51%, or 59%. Jujubes, Israel. Uh, they are actually, they're actually bees that are created in Israel. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, let's go high on that one. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 59%. 51% of all people <laughs> thought that jujubes were manuf- You know those Jews, they're crafty, you, right? You know, tell the, tell the Thanksgiving story, the, the Jew Thanksgiving story. Oh, um, when I was selling paper and I had customers all over the country, but the Midwest, um, specifically, I would be asked every Thanksgiving, um, do Jews celebrate Thanksgiving? (laughs) And then, of course, you know, the first time I was asked, uh, you know, I did. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, but about the eighth or ninth, I started having that. Well, we own all the cranberry bogs, you know, (laughs) you know, and then we suck a penny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we like a, yeah, of course we celebrate. It's a big it's a big day for us. A lot of invoicing we do on Thanksgiving. Uh, so so uh, I love that. There you go. Ne- next Although, time you, you know, buy I give a- I give people a hard time about not being very smart, but and for years I believed that Dave was the 11th ranked racquetball player in the world cuz he told <laughs> me that sir- the first time I met him. Sir- the junior circuit. Let's not get crazy. It was the ju- it was the youth junior circuit. Yeah, you said that you, to me, and I'm like, oh, well, okay, that's totally believable. Um, I still think the best lie that you didn't believe, but it was a Kim that believed that I had a glass eye. Yeah, one of our friends. Yeah, just yeah, uh, uh, just uh, apparently on a. a- <laughs> A drunken night one time in college, one of our friends, Mike Medina, told another friend, Kim, that uh, that Dave has a has a glass eye for yeah, no yeah, reason. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have a glass eye. Don't know why he said it. And she never brought it up. And we've we're still friends to this day until about five years ago. We were at a party and, and all this. And she goes, you know, I, I'm sorry to bring this up, but, you know, I can't even tell which one is the glass eye and and we were all like what (laughs) none of us even remember it she's like oh yeah mike told me that dave has a glass eye so we're all stupid it's we're all stupid everybody is stupid that's that's the uh the bottom line yeah all right i've got some minutiae to share (laughs) excuse me this uh is uh, about our well, uh, let me just, uh, I'll just read it to you. The Tampa Bay Rays pitcher Tyler Glass now has a unique way of getting himself pumped up prior to his starts with the Rays. And he's a, he's a pitcher on the on mm-hmm. the Tampa, Tampa Bay Rays. According to ESPN's Jeff Passan, 
Glasnow used to look at a picture of Martin Shrikelly. Shrikelly. Pharma bro? The Pharma bro, who he hated so much. And most of America hate. I mean, that man has the yeah. one of the most punchable faces ever. Uh-huh. Um, he would look at his picture before his starts and just get fired up so he could go out there and uh, and pitch. And, and uh, of course, Martin uh, was sentenced to seven years in prison for fraud. Uh, is well known for his. He's the guy who took the drug uh, Daraprim, which is used to uh, help people with compromised Eight. immune systems, yeah, yeah. and marked it up. From $13.50 to $750 a pill. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that, I mean, that's why he hates him. And I don't know if you saw uh, this story in the news this week, Dave, but there's a, a reporter for Elle magazine who, who fell in love with it. Who's in like, yes. love with it. It, it, it. She left her husband for him, right? She left her job, but she was a, a reporter for Elle magazine. She left her job. She, she left her marriage to pursue the pharma bro, even though he's in prison right now. Yeah. At least until That's, Trump pardons him. That, that He's got to be on the <laughs> list, right? <laughs> yeah. Just for the, um, so, you know, you you mentioned punchable faces. Yeah. I'm just thinking when you mentioned that, who other, well, yeah, that's who, what I was who thinking. Would, uh, who do you on, use um, to I, rev up the anger? Who's who's the one that uh, that you use? Um, there'd be a couple. Um, Bill Lambier. Yeah, he's on my list. The old Tigers. Um, Ted Cruz, definitely in the team <laughs> that's photo. That's a good one, yeah. Uh, you know, Jay Cutler. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, that's a great example. Uh, and, you know, even Joe Scarborough. You know, he's yeah. got kind of a yeah. smuggy face. But the guy who is my go-to, the the Mount Rushmore, is a guy that you actually had met, or actually you know fairly well. It's that Charlie Kirk kid oh, from Turning God. Point USA, right? The kid uh, who stole my cooler when they were working on their Eagle Scout project. <laughs> was it a cooler? I thought it was a power saw. It, no, it was, there were two things. There was a clamp of some kind that I, I, I didn't mention this time because <laughs> I have to... Ask Bridget every time what kind of a clamp it was, because <laughs> this is going to surprise people. But I'm not the big tool guy. <laughs> but yeah. we did uh, lend him this tool for uh, for his uh, project and also our cooler. And and my two oldest sons, Tommy and Johnny, actually worked on the project with him. Um, and he kept the cooler and the clamp. Yeah. And we we tried to track him down to give it to get it back from him, and he wouldn't give it to us. And now he's, yeah, he's got a punchable face, and he'll get maybe he'll get pardoned for doing that. Trump, Trump he's, maybe pardoned. He's not for the still. most punchable face, if you ask me. Still, there's number one, and this has been number one for me for thirty six years. Okay, thirty. Oh, Steve Garvey. Steve Garvey. Thank you very much. <laughs> you are an open book. It's not hard to crack your code, my friend. You know, I'm not I'm not really a grudge holder, but with him, I just can't let it go. Even though we've won the uh, we've won it since I just cannot let it go. And I'm sorry. He does have a punchable face, though. I mean, he does. He does. Uh, Have you you noticed these are all white men? (laughs) They are. are. (laughs) It'd be very wrong for us to pick anybody else. (laughs) Yeah, I know. All right. It's time for another feature. Time now for Studio Walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. Rick and So this is the part of the show where we reach into the Rick and Dave archives 
and we uh, we play some of our stuff that uh, applies to what we're going through today. And I have recently been on a kick of going through all of the John Landecker tapes that I have. When I was John Landecker's producer back in the 90s and early O's, um, you know, we would tape the show on a digital audio tape and we'd also tape it on cassette. And after a show in which something happened that was important to me personally, I would say to John, can I have the cassette of the show? And I and I kept a box of them. And there are probably 300 of them in here that have some sort of personal meaning to me. And I this now we're in the pandemic and I'm home. And yeah, I just started to go through some of them. <clears throat> and I found a Christmas show from 1995. Okay, this is when we're uh, doing the show on WJMK, and uh, I brought my two-month-old son, Tommy, to this Christmas show, and uh, John wanted him there because he was a a draw. (laughs) We were (laughs) exploiting him, and uh, he wore him on, uh, on, what did they call those, like papoose things you wear? Oh, like a baby Bjorn or whatever? (laughs) Yes, thank you, the baby Bjorn. He wore him on that, and he started doing his show. And here is a clip of John and Tommy and me. Here we go. Yeah, and what else did I want to say about it? Uh, oh, bring, if you will, uh, non-perishable food items, uh, canned goods for food depositories, and... Yeah? What? Come on. I think he's making a big dump. <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on a second. I know what your problem is. This concept is really working well. Why is he doing this, Dad? I have no idea. I thought you said I could strap him to myself and that he would just, like, fall asleep and be asleep all morning. All of a sudden he looks up and goes, who is that guy? What's the matter? Let's take his hat off. That's better. Oh, that worked. (laughs) I'm a genius. (laughs) Hey, how about He was wearing a little Santa hat. Yeah. Oh. Things are all better now. All better. Ugh, much better. Only kidding. It's a little baby dump in the diaper joke. Mm-hmm. So early in the morning. Anyway. It's really nice that, and, and I'm sure your kids don't appreciate it because, A, they're boys and they don't appreciate anything. Yeah. But the book you, you, know, the book you wrote kind of chronicling their their lives you know father knows nothing and all these little audio tapes too it's kind of it's you know not many people have had the opportunity to basically record their kids lives uh <laughs> and exploit them like you said yeah. for you know for bits but do they appreciate it or do they just yeah no they actually do and you know i've got one more here and this is shorter but uh this is this is just a little bit after that initial clip and you'll see how quickly john was able to incorporate tommy into the show <laughs> ready here it goes morning <laughs> it's wjmk chicago and uh, we'll be back but right now oh hold it hold it a second tommy yes tommy <laughs> That's right, Tommy. Thank you very much for that. Actually, we're interviewing Congress now. Congress, uh, what do you get to say? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, telling uh, you, the guy's a genius. John Landecker yeah. is a genius. Yeah. Yeah. And he's now on every night on, on WGN uh, from 7 to 10 at night. And All he, right. I just, saw on, I just saw on Facebook he's doing a 
music show, I think, on GN, isn't he? Yeah, and on, on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. I believe, yeah. yes. So check that out. Um, and also, uh, when we're talking about other shows, if you uh, check out Keith Conrad's podcast right now, mm-hmm. uh, it's called The Greatest Story Ever Told. Uh, I am on his show as a guest this week, and I am telling my famous East, East Germany story, which I've told on this podcast, so all of you have heard it, because uh, I know no one misses a moment of this show. And if you check out our other show, the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview right now, this is what you'll hear. On this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, we talk to a movie star and a TV star who has starred in General Hospital, Days of Our Lives, and The Thirst of Christ. We talk to Eric Fellows, a very good-looking man. Listen to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, it's the intriguing story of the only V12 Corvette ever made, plus some cars you may have forgotten about. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we're back. All right, Dave, you have any more minutia for yeah, the folks? I got- I, I got one more. Um, okay. As we end 2020, um, I think it's time for us for a story that restores our belief in truth, truth, justice, and the American way. Don't you think? Is this a Lone I mean, Ranger I, story? I'm sorry? Uh, is this a Lone Ranger story? That's truth, justice, <laughs> and the American way. I believe that's a Lone Ranger thing. Was uh, Well, I was going to say is the Lone Ranger from Michigan. Well, he's not. He's from Chicago, and he went to my grammar school, hate school. Um uh, John uh, Clay Moore. Clay Moore. Moore. Right? Yep. Yeah. Um, but no, this story comes out of Ottawa County, Michigan. Okay. okay. Uh, so this is the center, center of justice right now. Son wins lawsuit after mom throws away his best porno mags. Right. <laughs> mom! Uh, <laughs> this past week, U.S. District Judge Paul Maloney granted David Working's request for summary judgment against his parents. Beth and Paul working. And the reason being is they threw out his porn magazine. And I quote our hero here, David, it was a treasure trove of porn magazines. <laughs> already. It's like a pirate. Arg! We got the judge magazines here. <laughs> it's a treasure trove. Uh, so uh, the parties have until mid-February to file written submissions estimating the value of workings uh again treasure trove of porn uh he is estimating it at twenty five thousand dollars wow right um here's something that i think is kind of funny that was kind of lost in the um story a little bit guess how old david working is the guy who is suing his parents 23, 24, 42, 42. Oh my God. Oh my God. So the story is, uh, he got divorced. Uh, David, uh, in 2016. Yeah, I wonder why. (laughs) Exactly. Right. I I really want a new couch. We're not moving the porn, the treasure trove of porn. So after his divorce in 2016, he moved back to his parents' house, you know, uh, and he brought all his stuff, which included 
all these porn magazines, right? So then he left, I guess a year later or whatever, 18 months later, he got his own place and he asked his parents to ship him all his stuff to the new place. Now, why he didn't do it himself, I don't know. But his parents threw away the porn magazines and in fact in an email that his dad sent David was frankly David I did you a big favor for getting rid of this stuff right right? exactly you want to ever get married again son (laughs) right right. we want grandchildren you cannot keep the porn magazines right and the father also at the end of the email said we didn't throw everything away we kept some of the some of this the worst of the worst in a safety deposit box because we think it's illegal. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. So, so, uh, but thank God that our judges in Michigan are upholding the, the law and and, and this, this, this social justice warrior, David Working, has won his case, right? Because no one should be able to just throw away a treasure trove. He won the case? Board. He... He, yeah, they, he sued his uh, yeah. parents and he won. Yes. The judge. What was his name? Maloney. Right. Um, yeah. U.S. Uh-oh. District Judge Paul Maloney granted him the request for summary judgment, which means he won. And they have to hash out a price right now until mid-February. All right. All right. Here's a warning. Look out, Hildegard. Here I come. Uh, uh, <laughs> because that box of baseball cards that you threw out in 1974 is probably worth 20 right. grand. Cha-ching. Right. Uh, do, do you wow. remember? I'm sure you do. When we lived in the pit at U of I. Yeah. And they we had the, sa- the safe and all the, and we inherited all those porn magazines that were in the safe. I don't Do you remember. remember that? No, I don't remember that. Somehow that did uh, not trickle down to me. <laughs> uh, well, there was, you know, we got this house and there was a safe in the house, a literal vault. I mean, yeah. you remember the vault, right? I do. Yeah. And in the vault, in the vault, there was like girly piles bags. Of, yeah, they were girly bags, but they were like from the 60s or whatever, you know, 50s or whatever. They weren't really good, if I don't remember correctly. And I also remember that there were cups of like half drunk beer that i remember yeah and you and you would go into that vault and it just was well you did did i ever tell you the story of you know the boy scouts or the cub scouts uh when bridget was one of the cub scout leaders needed a place to store all their stuff and we have this shed behind our garage that was not being used but it was kind of run down and these guys these uh these cub scout dads are all very handy guys and and uh, I said, you can use it, but you got to rebuild it because it's, you know, falling apart. And so they came over to our house and they rebuilt our shed behind the garage in exchange for storage. While they were rebuilding it, they found a stack of magazines like you're mm-hmm. talking about in that vault that are from like the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. And they were like they were not <laughs> they were not your. uh yeah, you're, um, you're porn now. They're, they they were not your your general uh, um, Playboy penthouse type stuff. This was like, <laughs> you know, beaver hunt. And I mean, it was like really strong stuff. And yeah, it was clear yeah. that we it wasn't our stuff. Uh, right, but of one of the dads, he was like, I can't believe, I cannot believe this. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take this and I will. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make sure it's disposed of properly. I said, you just give it to me. I'll throw it out here. No, no, no. I, I'll, you know, look. 
I'm just going to towel handle it for you. And he took it, and we never saw him again. And that was Charlie Kirk's dad, and, you, and he loaded up the cooler, right? Wow, we have two Cub Scout stories in one in one episode. It's amazing. All right, it's uh, it's time for this uh, feature. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where I reach my hand into a... Actually, Dave is supposed to reach his hand into the jar, pull out a name of a celebrity, and I tell the story of having met that celebrity. And uh, because we're in COVID and we're in separate locations, we've decided that we're just going to kind of pick celebrities that make sense. And this week Mm -hmm. is uh, would have been Mary Tyler Moore's birthday. And I have talked to you about this before. And I I might have even told this story on uh, on the show. But here's what I never was able to do before on the show. Play the audio. Oh, okay. Because Dave... I've been looking through all these tapes, and I found the audio. Now, here is the setup. Mary, I'm just going to play a short clip from it. Mary Tyler Moore was uh, on our show live via satellite from New York, right? Valerie Harper was in the studio with us in Chicago, and there was no visual contact. So we brought Valerie, and this is actually Valerie's idea to do this bit, and, and Valerie uh, decided that she was going to pretend to be the co-host of the show, which was Vicky Truex. She was going to be Vicky, and she wanted to punk her friend Mary Tyler Moore. And this is the clip of that happening. It's about, it's, you know, just a little bit over a minute. Here we go. It's our pleasure to welcome to the program in Chicago, Mary Tyler Moore. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, John. Uh, let's turn it over to Vicky and... Uh... Vicki, I know you've got a, some questions for yes, uh, Mary Tyler Moore. Yes, I do. Mary, you're Hi, just... Hi, Vicki. How are you? I, I, well, I'm so thrilled and excited because you're one of my favorite, favorite actresses in the whole Thank world. Thank you. And I think nice. Book Thanks was, a lot. I read the book in hardcover, and it was fantastic. I want to have a question for you, if I may. Um, yes. Everyone should read the book, but I want to ask you a, a question that uh, long bothered me. Of the wonderful supporting cast that supported you on the show, well, of course, you were the star, no question, but who was your favorite of those actors? I couldn't possibly choose a favorite. It's see, like saying, of your six brothers and sisters, yes. which one is yes. your favorite? But you see, know, you... there is a favorite, and we know this. I mean, I know it. I, I have people here at the station that I love everybody, but I have favorites. So, yeah. I mean, that's a little disingenuous of you, don't you think, to say that? <laughs> no, I've never been disingenuous. Okay. Don't start a fight with me, Vicki. Of the men. Everything I say is true. Okay. I loved them all for their different aspects. Of the women. Of the women. Which was your favorite well, woman oh, actress? of the women. Certainly, Valerie. Oh, because... God, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty dog. When did you get it? Hello? Is this you? Yes. She doesn't get it. She didn't get it. She didn't get it. She didn't get it. She was doing it on her own. She was doing it on her own. That's so fantastic. Valerie, she's. Oh, what a wonderful surprise this is. There we go. Th- that's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably one of my favorite moments ever uh, on that show. All right, so um, Dave, we have uh, a fun guest this week uh, coming up on the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Why don't you tell everybody about who that is? Uh, Well, we just did a book at Eckhart's Press. Uh, Signature Shoes, uh, The Athletes Who Wore Them, and Delightful Pop Culture Nuggets. It's a book about, well, what do you think it's a book about, Rick? I think it's about shoes. 
It's about work. And we're going to have the author, and the book is doing really, 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 really well, Ryan Trembath. Trembath? Trembath. I call it. It's the, it's the, we're, we're it's very the French. Close. Uh, uh, and, um, it's Trembath. Uh, no, yeah. it's Trembath. Is it? Okay. It's, well, you say I tomato, don't. I say tomato. And we're going to have Ryan on, and he's going to talk about the book. And um, again, the book is doing great, and I think, and it was a, and it's a great interview, uh, and it's really an interesting topic. We're calling him Mister Shoe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, so that check it is, out. Um, so, listen away. It's called Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Uh, you can tell a friend to listen to us on Spotify. You can go to opishows.com. Oh, wait a minute. You know what? We're, we, we, I forgot. We got to play a clip. Oh, okay. Play yeah. It. Well, let's play a clip of Ryan just uh, so people hear what he sounds like. Here's a clip. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. The pandemic hit and um, I bought not one, two typewriters. Old and school. I was yeah, one was electric, one was manual, so I had to experience both. And I was typing up a newsletter. The first issue was, since there was no baseball, I wanted to write about uh, the Montreal Expos, who became the Washington Nationals, and they had won the World Series last year. So I wrote about that, and also about signature sandwiches. And uh, the argument there was, why was the Beef Wennington, Bill Wennington sandwich available for two years, when every other sandwich McDonald's put out was only available? for a year at most. Did and you find out was, the answer to that question? Uh, there was no real good answer except for uh, just it just tasted good. Okay. If you'd like to hear the entire interview, go to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Uh, tell a friend to listen to us on Spotify. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Uh, we're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next year. Next year, yeah. Next year. With another episode of Minutia Men. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Proceeding with the presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Olpi Productions. Tony, can you shut up? On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, Adam, big weekend. Yeah, Boxing Day, traditionally celebrated the day after Christmas, the biggest bumper day of games. Looking forward to sitting in front of the television and watching a bunch of English Premier League matches. Listen to Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I'm Kimmy. I'm Tommy. And I'm Sam. Oh, 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 and a bottle of scotch. It's another Jolly AF Christmas special with Ann Friends. That's right. We celebrate the Christmas time the way you celebrate the Christmas time yelling at each other. Like family. Join us this blessed Yule as we celebrate our Jolly AF non-denominational holiday Christmas special. Listen to Ann Friends on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. We're going to kick Frosty the Snowman in the nuts.